Hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Well, yeah, I'm all right. Oh, you don't sound too convinced. Yeah, I'm all right. I had a bit of uh, sad street cat news this week. Oh, no. What's happened? Stumpy cat got run over. Oh, no. And Stumpy cat is called that because... It's only got a stumpy tail. Anybody on Patreon will know Stumpy Cat. Not that he's got stumpy legs. No, but uh, good news. Mm. There's some kittens been born. Oh, whose are they? Mm, That's it. You don't know? They're, uh, well, let's just say they're ginger. Yeah. There's only one ginger cat round here. Who's that? That'll be Clyde. Okay. And Clyde's girlfriend, Juanita, yeah. is not the mother of the babies. Who the mother of the babies? I've got my suspicions. Okay. The full story will be on Patreon. Oh, that'll be fun. Uh, right then, so today mm. we are doing... Animals with jobs. Yeah, animals with jobs that are much better than our jobs. <laughs> yeah. Animals with jobs! Yay! Right, let's get going then. All right then, let's get cracking. Coming from Reading, it's Stacey, your host. While mums with flamingos on the Spanish coast. You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs. Making a podcast called Rough Giraffe. Can I... Throw into the pot, first of all. Twiggy. Twiggy? The model? No, Twiggy the squirrel. Oh, who's Twiggy the squirrel? Well, to be more precise, Twiggy the Canadian water skiing squirrel. Oh. She works out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mostly like international boat show, that sort of thing. Okay. She's got a nice tidy little living there and she is the only water skiing squirrel that I've ever heard of. And is she good at it? Apparently so, yes. Does she do tricks? She's a squirrel. It's enough that she water skis, surely. Uh, I suppose so. But she can get up to a good speed. I think she has a little speedboat with a guinea pig in it why are we not talking about the boat driving guinea pig (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but anyway that's my first entry what about you well i have the yoga instructor goats oh i think that beats me this is going to be animal with jobs top trumps (laughs) I know I'm going to win at the end. I'm sure you will. In Portland, in Oregon, there is a Gotel. And people can go to... You're not kidding, are you? I'm not kidding. No. (laughs) No. There is a a hotel, which we're calling a Gotel, which is a retreat where people can go... Tell. Go tell. (laughs) Go to... To spend time with goats and the goats will do the yoga. Whilst people are doing their yoga, the goats climb on their backs and make sure they're in the right positions and generally just hang out with them. Can you meet them later in the bar? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So, goat yoga instructor. That's good. Yeah. Goat yoga. What can I come back with after goat yoga? I'm going to try... 
Felicia the ferret. Oh, what does Felicia do? Well, she used to work for the National Accelerator Company or the National Accelerant Company. Mm. And they produced uh, duct work. They had to have pipes that were squeaky clean. Okay. Because even if they had microscopic particles of dust in them, it would affect the running of the electronics in the rocket once they'd all sealed it up. Yeah. So they had uh, Felicia the ferret who used to go down with a duster basically down the pipes. She was a pipe cleaner. (laughs) Yeah, I never thought of that. Felicia the ferret pipe cleaner. She had obviously had a duster and she'd Ah, la la, go down there with her overall on. (laughs) No, they attached the duster to her back. Okay. And it was like one of those dusters that collects all the dust. Like the static ones. Yeah. She went down that and she had a bit of string on her. Yeah. And she went down the tunnel, down the little pipe. Yeah. When she got to the other end... They took the string off her collar, put her in a little box. Thank you, Felicia. Then they added another squishy sponge to the string with cleaning fluid on, like polish. And they pulled the string back. That's very clever. And she worked for them for five years. I imagine her getting out of the pipe in her overalls and going, Good job done, Jim. I'm just off to the staff room for a coffee and she sits there with her feet up having a coffee while they do the spongy bit. Yeah, that's it. Give us a shout, Doreen, when you're ready, love. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll do pipe number two after lunch. She got paid $35 a shift. That's not bad for a ferret. No, uh, it's okay, isn't it? What's she going to spend that on? Nothing. Well, no, not really, because they bought her a lunch as well. That's a deal. That's an absolute bargain. Felicia's not too bad. What have you got for me? You're not going to like this one. Okay. It's cockroaches. Look at Karacha, look at Karacha. All right, I'm ready. I'm in the room. Go on. In China. Yeah. They use cockroaches by the millions as waste disposal units do you know i've gone all cockroachy they have warehouses which they keep all dark and warm and a bit humid oh my god filled with sometimes billions of cockroaches a billion cockroaches can get through 50 tons of kitchen waste a day and they just pipe in all the kitchen waste and the cockroaches break it all down and eat it that's it And that's how they're stopping it going into landfills in China. How widespread is this? Are they just trying this out? They've got one big warehouse, but then there's a few villages around that are setting up their own cockroach farms. It's becoming more popular. So there's there's a few of them at the moment, but they're hoping to have one in every town. What, one cockroach? No, one one cockroach disposal unit. They asked the, the... owner of the disposal unit what would happen if all the cockroaches escaped which is what i was going to ask the man said well it'd be like a horror film (laughs) i don't think that's what they wanted to hear but he said that there's a moat around the outside of the warehouse right and that moat is filled with fish 
And if the cockroaches escaped, they would fall into the water and get eaten by the fish. Have they not thought about the cockroaches will find little bits of stuff in the landfill, like matchboxes and things? Then they'll be making their own boats (laughs) to get out to the other side. And in numbers, the fish are not going to eat them all. The first lot can be the fish food. Yeah. And then the moat will fill. Yeah, the moat will just fill with cockroaches and all the ones behind will just walk over the bridge. <laughs> over the cockroach bridge. I mean, come on, we're not scientists. We're not landfill experts. But even we can see that a billion cockroaches, you can't have a moat with a billion fish in, can you? No. Do you know what they do with the dead cockroaches? Because cockroaches only live about six months, they say. Uh, Do they put them into the landfill? (laughs) No, they don't. They use them for food for livestock, so pigs usually. Okay. Or they use them for medicines. Right. Usually for medicines for stomach complaints because they think cockroach is very good for stomach acid. Or they use them in beauty treatments. Yeah, I've had a lot of cockroaching done on me face. On purpose? Yeah, I let them come in at night and eat me dead skin. <laughs> How much uh, food waste have you got in the house? I've got a billion cockroaches. I keep them in a bin by the door. Pile them up outside your window and you just travel down them like a slide. Oh, can you just imagine even having a wheelie bin full of cockroaches and you have to open it up and put your waste in it? Oh, can you imagine the the noise? It's the noise and the movement that just... (laughs) They click a bit, don't they? They do click a bit, yes. (laughs) A bin full of... Oh, no. This is a non-starter to me, a bit like the rat milking. So you're not going to start the first Spanish cockroach waste disposal unit? No. Not on the fourth floor of your apartment block? No. I think that's not going to happen. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. I would just like then to put a shout out first to all them animals with jobs that we just couldn't live without. So a big shout out to the guide dogs. Yeah. And the gun dogs. And the massage guinea pigs (laughs) and the therapy cats. Yeah. And uh, do do we have therapy goats? Therapy goats, therapy horses. Therapy horses, yes. There's loads of drug dogs. They've been sniffing around my door for weeks. Did you know that they have dogs that can detect bed bugs? Oh, is that what they're after? (laughs) (laughs) Thought they were after me cannabis stash. There are dogs now that detect bed bugs and they can differentiate between bed bugs, cockroaches, other bugs. They're 97% accurate at detecting bed bugs in furniture. That's amazing. It's incredible. Also, those totally weirdly fantastic dogs that can detect cancer in somebody. Yeah, that's amazing. The dog's nose is incredible. There are dogs that can detect counterfeit DVDs. No. (laughs) Yes. Is that right? There are two. They're called Lucky and Flo, and they can detect counterfeit DVDs. Don't ask me how, but they're apparently very good at it. Do they just check the watermark on the back? I think they probably... 
if they're in the pub and a guy is selling it from me inside his coat, I think it's a counterfeit DVD. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a special skill, is it? No, if it looks dodge, if you can see that they've printed the label on their printer at home and they've written in pen on the DVD, Back to the Future 2, then it's counterfeit. Okay. But the cancer-sniffing dogs are amazing. They can detect lung cancer. Yeah, that's just bizarre. From smelling people's breath. Yeah, but how do they do it? Do they actually have them in a hospital situation? Um, I don't know, because it'd be very difficult to capture people's breath in a jar. So I don't know if they just take them round the ward and get people to breathe on them. Well, it wouldn't. You'd like, oh no, the cancer dog's coming. That's not a dog that you really want to see, is it? Not if it comes up and starts licking you no not if he looks at his owner and he's like this one Mm -mm. Mm -mm. this one but yeah it's amazing i think that animals are trained to do such fantastic i even like the thought of you have guide shetland ponies as well as guide dogs so they're not quite shetland ponies they're even smaller than that they're miniature ponies they're a miniature pony But not only are they used for humans, Mm. I don't know whether they train them, but they use them on horses that have gone blind so that they can be led round the... Because it's really difficult for a horse to walk with a white stick. (laughs) Do they hold it in their hoof? Do they hold it in their mouth? I don't know. I, I don't know how they do it, but then they have a little guide pony oh i know that just i know the the horse is blind and blah but having your own little guide pony sounds quite cute doesn't it yeah can i just tell you that today yeah down at the beach it was dog carnival day and the dogs were running the carnival well you you like to think so there were some security dogs there the, the heavies were there yeah with the security jackets on yes uh, but, no, they were all dressed up depicting dogs in movies. Dogs in movies or humans in movies? No, humans in movies. One was the Godfather. Yeah. The Dogfather. Of course. Yeah. And then one was Jaws. Paws. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. I think one of them was... Who's the bloke that was in Greece and then he went fat and he was in Pulp Fiction? John Travolta. Yeah, him. We know when he was in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction? Yeah, okay, yeah, very good. Pulp Fiction. Were there any dinosaurs? There were two little French pugs dressed up as Stegosaurus. Okay. They had Stegosaurus onesies. Have we got one for them? Jurassic Bark. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, enough of that. (laughs) All I can tell you about a... uh, a Jack Russell called Moose, who used to appear on the TV series Frasier. Oh, he's a famous dog. He is a famous dog, but he's so famous, he was so famous that he used to command over $10,000 fee per episode. Wow. Yeah, I want that dog. I'll dress up in a dog costume and sit on a sofa for £10,000 a day. Uh, yeah, you can cut off my legs so I look more like a Jack Russell if necessary. Oh, stumpy mummy. Oh, <laughs> it's like real life. <laughs> 
Hey you, yeah you, you got something to say, then say it here. Email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com, Twitter at roughgiraffepod, Instagram at roughgiraffepodcast, search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe. Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean. How about Tamar, the station master cat? Oh, okay. Tamar was the station master, the head of Kishi train station in Japan. And he had a little station master hat on. Oh, he's so cute. He's unfortunately no longer with us, but he was extremely popular and famous and looked after the station. And he had two little assistants. Were they cats as well? They were cats. There were humans also at this train station, but but the cats were more important. And they were going to close the train station down until Tamar started working there. Um, And what did they do exactly? It says they took over the day-to-day operations of Kishi Station. It says they don't really run the place. They just really lie around the station wearing little train conductor uniforms. But they brought in a lot of tourists. Yeah, I was going to say Japanese love of the cute would have just had everybody going to see them. Yeah, because they've got the cat train, haven't they, in Japan? Where They they do. The train is full of cats and people just go and take a, a journey and sit with the cats for an hour. Yeah, and then they rub you down with a lint roller afterwards and then pat you back until you cough a hairball up. <laughs> you have to go through like a, like a car wash of lint roller <laughs> to get rid of it all. Yeah. <laughs> there are quite a few cats with jobs. Now, cats do not make good assistance animals. And in fact, in America, cats are not legally allowed to be assistance animals. And you can imagine why. No. Can you imagine a guide cat if you were blind? The cat would be off. Yeah, I suppose so. But I was thinking more like therapy cats. Uh, they're not the same as assistance cats. No, all right then. Not even uh, like answering the door for you? No. Cats can be emotional support animals and they can be therapy animals, but they can't be assistance animals. In America, and I don't know what it is here, but in America it can only be dogs and it used to be the miniature ponies, but I think they are not allowing that anymore. Uh, it used to be monkeys as well. You could have assistance monkeys. I was going to ask about that. But they're saying that it's now inhumane to have non-human primates as assistance animals. Okay. And also a bit dangerous. But when we say cats with jobs, they're usually just cats that lie around in a particular place with a funny little hat on. Unless they're astronaut cats like Felix, who went into space. Yes, of course. There is... Tuxedo Stan. Okay, is that a cat? He's a cat and he was founder of the Tuxedo Party of Canada, which is Canada's first political party for cats, and he ran for mayor. Okay. Do you know who Humphrey, Larry and Freya are or were? Are they those lactating moose in Latvia? No. Are they a new boy band? Humphrey, Larry and Freya, no. No. They are number 10 Downing Street Mousers. Oh, Humphrey, I should have guessed, yes. 
Humphrey was the first one. Humphrey, yes. Larry was quite popular, but he was lazy, so Freya had to come in and take over from Larry. Did Larry get pushed out? No, they kept Larry. They just had Freya as well. It's nice to know that any, even somewhere as posh as 10 Downing Street still got infestations. <laughs> and I've heard they've got a cockroach really being round the back. Rough! Giraffe! Rough! Rough giraffe! There is a cat called Lemon. Okay, that sounds appealing. <laughs> Sorry. Lemon is a police officer in Kyoto. Now, the way that Lemon became a police officer... Was lying around in a uniform. She just walked into the station and didn't leave. So they made her a police officer. Oh, instead of a criminal. So uh, you get a job in Kyoto, you walk into a police station, don't leave, and you come out with a job as a police officer. Yeah, exactly. They even take Lemon, uh, they take Lemon in the car when they're going on jobs to arrest criminals. Now, I can tell you, when we lived in Burryport... That's in Wales. They didn't really have enough money for a police dog in Burryport. Uh But one of the policemen there had a big standard poodle called Candy. Yeah. And he used to take him around in the police car. But... Apparently, Candy had a digestive problem. (laughs) She was a very windy sort of poodle. Right. And so it was a story that to get people to confess, they put them in the back of the police car with Candy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And at the point they thought they could stand the smell no longer, they would confess to their crimes. (laughs) That sounds illegal. It sounds illegal and improbable, but I have seen Candy in the police car. Uh, I think it may be sort of all these things are true, but not particularly in that order. Did Candy have a police hat or a jacket? No, but she had a police collar with a number on it, like... um. That looked like an old-fashioned Victorian collar. Oh, okay. With her number on. So technically... Yeah. She was there. She was in the car working, wasn't she? Do you know when we first started using police dogs? No. When was that? They were using police dogs since the Middle Ages. Really? They didn't really have police, but there would have been lawmakers back then. And they were using dogs to chase and catch people that were breaking the law. Oh, yes, I suppose so, yeah. But they weren't particularly trained dogs. You can imagine how vicious those dogs must have been. In the Middle Ages, they wouldn't have been a chihuahua, would they? No, they wouldn't have been a chihuahua. And so they were using then dogs really since then. In fact, they were trying to use bloodhounds to find Jack the Ripper. Okay. People were getting really angry because the police weren't managing to find Jack the Ripper. Okay. And this is in the 1880s. So they said, oh, you've got to use bloodhounds. You've got to send the bloodhounds out because people thought that bloodhounds were the most amazing things for tracking people down. The... Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police of London in 1889 was Sir Charles Warren. So he was getting it in the neck for not finding Jack the Ripper and not using bloodhounds. He got two bloodhounds that had been trained for tracking. So he sent them off to try and find Jack the Ripper, but they didn't do such a great job. 
One of the hounds bit the commissioner. Right. And both dogs ran away and there had to be a police search to find them. Did they use dogs to track them down? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that just could go on forever. And then you find they're all just hanging out going, right, send, send some more dogs after us. And they've just got a big party going on in the woods somewhere. Like a rave. Yeah. In Ghent, in Belgium... In 1899, they had the first organised police dog service and it was really popular in Belgium and Germany to have police dogs. But in Britain, our first police dogs were 1908, used to stop theft from the docks in Hull. Now, did they use German Shepherd dogs as they do mostly now? Yes. All the time they've been used for that? I think it's because Germany and Belgium were pioneers for the police dogs. So they used German Shepherds and another dog called a Belgian Malinois. And in fact, those are the ones that are used mainly now, just because they were very good at tracking and attacking. I'm wondering, do they use Dobermans or Rottweilers or something. So popular breeds are Basset Hounds for locating bombs and narcotics. Right. Beagles locate bombs and drugs. Okay. The Belgian Malinois is for protection, attack dogs, tracking, locating human remains, drugs, locating IEDs and evidence. So they're really good ones. Bloodhounds are good for odour-specific identification. Rottweilers are for protection and attack. Dobermans, protection and attack. So I don't think Rottweilers and Dobermans are necessarily good for the tracking. Oh, okay. And German Shepherds are good all-rounders. And Labrador Retrievers are good at locating bombs and drugs. And bringing balls back. And Cocker Spaniels are good at finding money. I need a Cocker Spaniel. (laughs) Choose what you want to find. Get the right dog. So, yeah, that's a hint for happiness. Yeah, you need to find a dog that's good at finding chocolate. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Free Wi-Fi. Have they got a Wi-Fi dog? It doesn't say, but I'm sure one is in development. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He looks like than any cat around. Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper. The wonky cat. Okay, so, uh... Where's Kipper? Kipper is obviously the most famous cat with a job. Yeah, the world's possibly only podcasting cat. I don't know. Are there any other podcasting cats? Do we know this? I don't know of any. So can we ask, does anybody, if they listen to other podcasts, do they know of any other podcasts where uh, a cat actually helps? Yeah, we need to know about podcats. Podcats. Oh, my God. Kipper's a podcatter. <laughs> he is. Right, let's get him in then. Hang on, let me call him from downstairs. Kipper. <coughs> Here he is. Hello, Kipper. <coughs> oh, well, hello, Kipper. <coughs> Kipper, what's it like having a job? <coughs> you can't broadcast that. <laughs> well, it's not like we've dragged you out every day to scour the streets with a bin bag, is it? Picking up dog <laughs> We're not shoving you in a warehouse making you eat household waste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he says it's not a job because he doesn't get paid. Oh, why aren't you paying him? I feed him. Oh, he's working for biscuits. Working for crumbs. Oh, bless him. He has somewhere to live. He can go outside. He has food. So basically he's a slave, isn't he? <laughs> he's not a slave. He's a prisoner, I suppose. He gets yard time. He can go out. Gets an hour in the exercise yard. I don't know whether you told everybody on Facebook, but Kipper's been out and about with uh, a foxy lady, has he not? Indeed. And this actually ties into the question we have for Kipper this week. Okay. The question we have is from Anita on Facebook. Hello, Anita. Hello, Anita. Say hello, Kipper. Anita says, Kipper... What do you get up to when you're out at night? Okay, so now you're going to tell us. I got woken up at half past three the other morning. In my dream, I thought it was some horrible alarm or buzzer. And when I woke up, it was still happening. I thought, what on earth is that noise? That actually might have been a neater on a night out. It sounded like somebody was screaming in the garden. And when I looked out, there was Foxy, Kipper's friend, and there was Kipper. And Kipper just nonchalantly walked back into the house and came up the stairs. I was like, uh... So Fox got a bit drunk, I'm afraid to say, and they had a bit of an argument and Foxy was shouting at Kipper and Kipper's just like, oh, girlfriend, I can't be doing with this anymore. You need to sort your life out. Oh. So do you reckon uh, him and Beyonce Fox have (laughs) called it off? I don't think so. I think maybe the fox just can't handle her drink. So is this all true, Kipper? (coughs) See? (coughs) Oh, dear. Wow. This is what happens, Kipper, when you're hanging out with other species in the garden at half past three in the morning. Yeah, so Anita, be warned. (laughs) (laughs) So... So that's what Kipper gets up to at night. He hangs out with drunk foxes in the bushes. If anybody has a question for Kipper for our next episode, then just let us know on our Facebook page. It's time for... Uh, Ruff. 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 Giraffe. I'm going to finish with top trump animal with job. Okay. Uh, you're not going to beat me on this one. Okay. I'm going to go and uh, set the scene. So we're going back to South Africa. I'm not doing the accent. Do you know what's funny is that in order for me to try and do a South African accent, the phrase I say is back to South Africa. Bic to South Africa. I'm getting back to South Africa. Yeah. And 1877. You don't need to do the accent. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and a gentleman by the name of James Wide. Okay. He's a track layer on the railways in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And he had a tragic accident. Oh, no. Tragic. <laughs> he falls headfirst onto the tracks and he can't get up. His foot's wedged and the train's coming. <gasps> and in the movies, 
like a hero comes and drags you off at the last minute. Yeah. It's not the movies. Oh, no. So now James Wide is not a track player. He's a legless track player. Still wide, but rather short. Yes. Both his legs get amputated. So he begs the railway, can you find me any other job that I can do? A desk job or whatever. Yeah. So they find him a job as a signalman. Okay. That's more arm work. Yeah. He can do this job sat down and the only problem he's got now is getting backwards and forwards to work every day. Okay. He makes himself a little trolley Mm. so that he can wheel him himself to work but it's still it's quite strenuous one day he's going through the market on his way to work yeah and he happens to see a baboon (laughs) oh yeah as you do yeah who's leading a team of oxen that's cows to you and me he's leading them yeah he's their leader viva la revolution yay say he's their oxen herder james white suddenly has one of them epiphanies Uh, okay she used to be famous in the 80s yeah had a couple of songs in the charts did epiphany so he persuades the owner of the baboon to sell it to him yeah and he uses the baboon who he calls jack Mm -hmm. to wheel him backwards and forwards to work each day on his trolley okay so that's good so there's one job now during the day the baboons basically just he just sits around watches the world go by reads the newspaper waits to wheel him back home yeah uh, but gradually the baboon gets to actually know how all the levers and everything work okay and he actually becomes the signalman so the officials come right and they say you cannot mr wide have you cannot mr wide have a baboon as a signalman that was my accent it's fantastic so he says test him he knows what he's doing test him If he makes any mistakes, I'll make sure he doesn't touch the signals. And if he makes no mistakes, you've got to employ him. The officials should be like, this isn't the point. No. It doesn't matter if he could do it. He shouldn't be doing it. It's 1881. Yeah. And uh, he's had a bit of practice. And so they test him and he passes with flying colours. Well done. Well done, Jack. They decide that they will employ him. He became the only baboon or any primate that was officially employed by the Cape Railway. Wow. What did they pay him? Not peanuts, amazingly. (laughs) They paid him 20 cents per day. Okay. And then on each Saturday, he had his 20 cents plus a bag of snacks and beer. Uh, I hope Saturday was his day off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think, I'm hoping it was as well. I hope the officials didn't come on a Saturday. No, no, it's fine. Oh, it's a drunk monkey just (laughs) pulling all the levers. I could do this. He worked for, in official capacity, for the railway Hmm. as a signalman for nine years. Wow. And he did not ever make a single mistake. Good on him. Good for Jack the signalman baboon. Yes. Can you top that? I can't. That's good, because if you could, I haven't got anything else. (laughs) No, I, I don't think I can top the signalman baboon. Here it is, the unrelated news with Stacey. 
Do you have some uh, unrelated news for us to finish on? I do have some unrelated news, but I I have to give a a warning. Okay. Some people aren't going to like it. It's not cockroaches again, is it? It's not cockroaches at all. This is completely unrelated to animals with jobs. Okay. This week's unrelated news headline is Man shocked to discover girlfriend's secret bathroom habit... Involving his socks. (laughs) I'm liking it already. Come on. After noticing he was running low on socks, a man decided to ask his girlfriend whether she'd put them in the laundry. He wasn't at all prepared for the simple question to cause an argument between them. It turned out the woman had been hiding something from him for a few months. This man, 28... So he'd moved in with his girlfriend, she was 26, and she wanted to take control of the laundry. She said she didn't want him to touch it, he wasn't to do any, have anything to do with the laundry, and she was being very weird and secretive about it. Any time he tried to go near the dirty washing, she'd be like, get away from there. One day he found a pair of his socks in a bag in the bin, and when he looked at them, they were covered in poo okay when he's realized that his socks were disappearing and he wasn't didn't have any clean socks he asked his girlfriend what had happened to them and she admitted that she prefers to use socks to wipe her bum instead of toilet paper (laughs) at least they weren't on his feet at the time she confessed to using socks when she went to the bathroom and the reason that she didn't want him to do the laundry was because she was having to wash the poo covered socks when she ran out of her own socks because sometimes they were too heavily soiled to be washed (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I told you people won't like it. She started using his socks. And the reason she used socks is because she was afraid that if she used toilet paper and the toilet paper teared, she would get some poo on her hands. So she liked to put her hand inside the sock. Now, you know, she should have thought about this. Couldn't she have used the inside of her boyfriend's underpants like he did? (laughs) (laughs) She said she liked to use a sock because... Because it covers the entire hand. Oh, she puts her hand in it. She puts her hand in the sock. To me, this is worse than using toilet paper. You just got your hand in, you're just scraping it. (laughs) Well, I'm just worrying about the fact that she's only using a dirty sock anyway, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, that's a bit gross, isn't it? Yeah. Putting a sweaty, sweaty sock on your bum. But yeah, she throws them away if they're too dirty. So they were running... (laughs) He said, I hope we can laugh about this later. I'm trying to find the humour in it now, but I'm still weirded out. Some people suggested that she puts the sock on her hand, but then uses toilet paper. Yeah, well, that's actually what I was going to suggest. And some people said she should get a B-day. Get it beaded, did you say? Get a B-day? Oh, right, okay, yeah. So there you go. I mean... Yeah, that's what jet washers are for, by the way, guys. Have a hose down. <laughs> what started her on this this weird thing of using socks? And why doesn't she have her own toilet sock supply? Yeah, now, all I'm thinking is you can buy those little paper socks that you put on when you put your cream on your feet. And they come in a pack of about 20 at a time it seems so bizarre that she would just use up all of her socks 
not buy new ones and start using his socks without explaining or replacing. Has this woman not heard of Primark? That's why their socks are specially full. (laughs) (laughs) And does it say what sort, I mean, was it like a trainer sock or a sports sock? It doesn't say, it just says all of his socks. If you became completely obsessed, you'd have a pair of tights, wouldn't you? (laughs) I think tights are a little bit thin, aren't they? No, you know, like woolly ones. Oh, so you could cover your whole arm? Yeah, and your head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going in. (laughs) Cover me. (laughs) And that is uh, my unrelated news for this episode. Well, okay, that was a bit of a poo story. Well, that's done me for today. I think think we've covered that. Do we know what our next episode's about? For our next episode, I might actually be there in Spain with you. Oh, yeah, you will. So we'll have a Spanish episode. And it'll be our two-year podcast anniversary. It will. So we'll have a special Spanish birthday episode. Oh, I'm already looking forward to it. Say that more enthusiastically. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be great. It'll be brilliant. Oh, no. It's all right. I can't lie to the listeners like that. Because we're going to be together, if anybody has any questions for us, and especially as our birthday special, if you have any questions about the podcast, about how we make it, Ask us anything. Kipper's coming as well. And don't forget, uh, because we'll be together, we'll have a line free. So should you want us to chat to you live in the podcast, if you've got a question for us, we can call you up. Wow, we've never done that before. So if you've got any really great questions, not so great questions. We'll take anything. Yeah, we'll have anything. So anyway, until we're in Spain together, we'll uh, we'll wish you goodbye. Goodbye, adios. See you on the other side. Hasta luego, as they say in Spain. Bye, as they say in the UK. It's the end of the podcast, it is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the villa and Stacy at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody won't feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene An independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.